Rumor has it there is a secret base hidden underneath the Archelaus. So have you ever been in a spaceship? Don't try this at home. What is that silver object? 21st century squatch base. Secrets of Area 51 revealed. I'm from Serious. Serious A, not Serious B. Who are you, huh? Hey, mama. It's time to open your eyes, open your mind, and shift your paradigm. You're tuned in to another episode of All Night with the Living News, a podcast in which we investigate and discuss high strangeness and the weird world in which we live. We want to remind you we are not and probably will never be experts in the topics we discuss. We may miss bits of research, we may misspeak at times, but we will also always encourage you to do your own research, vet your own sources, and come to your own conclusions. I'm your host, Taylor, and across the virtual desk for me tonight is my brother, Seb. Seb, how you doing? Hey, good evening. Hi. Hi. I'm doing a... I'm doing okay. Uh, it's been an interesting month. There's been a lot of talk in the news about government sightings of unidentified aerial phenomenon and reports to the Congress and all sorts of wackiness, you know? So yeah. it's been uh, definitely uh, in the news a lot. Uh, <laughs> how have you been? Um, it, I'm, I'm here. You're here? <laughs> I am here. May has been a very chaotic month. Uh, we are rushing toward the uh, end of a very crazy school year for everyone. Um, we're in the midst of uh, kind of redoing the kids' bedrooms because they both turned 10 this year. Um, so yeah, everything is just just a lot of chaotic energy flowing around right now. Oh wow! Uh, so yeah, even 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 this evening, starting a little late because things got a little chaotic, and well, that's just what you got to roll with sometimes. And I guess our third chair, John, is has he been abducted? He's not here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. For those fans he of our is show, not. yeah. <laughs> That's true. He is not here tonight. He, I guess, if you want to say he's been abducted, he's been abducted by his fiance, and they have uh, driven to go visit family because uh, they are both fully vaccinated and their their families are. So they are doing some traveling and some visiting, and we will welcome him back, uh, I'm sure, with lots of stories to tell next month. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. So what is new in our weird this month, Seb? What have you got? Any 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 new weird experiences? Probably the weirdest thing that happened to me this month was discovering that one of the books that I relied heavily upon to research tonight's uh, podcast topic was authored by a gentleman who also authored my favorite textbook when I was getting my master's degree at library school. So that really? was a... Yeah, it was a very unexpected, very pleasant surprise, um, and pretty weird. I in my in my world at least. Um Well yeah. So um and and I'll definitely talk a little bit more about him and what he was all about in, in tonight's show. Um how about yourself? Um well I've had another UFO dream. Really? So this is this is now the fifth UFO dream I've ever had. Oh my gosh. Um and it's kind of weird in the sense that I've not had two ufo dream where it's the same kind of craft each time mm, okay um and that i yeah I, this this was very strange this was like if you took a sphere and then like one like if you're looking straight on a sphere kind of like the the upper right edge can't really say corner of a sphere um there's like this this kind of ring shape and there was like another sphere kind of attached to it 
Like the, like a Saturn like, image, like a ring around. Uh, no, because uh, that because that that's Saturn is one sphere. Imagine two Saturns. Oh. With one sphere ring kind of tightly connecting them. Oh, wacky! I gotcha. Uh, yeah, I I did a doodle of it, and I and I threw it up on my Twitter, and um, yeah, it's like I just had to get this this picture out of my head. Um, and you could see uh horizontal windows in it that were all lit up and and thinking back to it um some were thinner some were thicker huh um and i was i suddenly was gripped by this thought i was like oh god what if that's morse code oh interesting you know like what what if i have this in my head somewhere um but i have no idea what it means because i don't know morse code and i can't remember exactly you know i couldn't recall for you now exactly what it looked like okay um yeah but it was it was weird i've never i don't even i don't even know of a of a uh, a UFO encounter that that has a craft that looks like that. It was very strange. Was the dream? Um, was it like? A, a, did you have any emotions associated with the dream while it was going on? Was it scary? Was it exhilarating? Um, you know, I'm happy to say that that I've I've yet to have a scary UFO dream. They've all they've all been more on the exhilarating end of the scale. Oh, that's good. Um, you know, I the only emotion i really remember at this point was kind of like an, oh my god what am i seeing okay like is everybody else seeing that because this thing was really big this is not a small craft okay um yeah i know i know and the other weird thing is shrek shrek you mean like shrek the movie character okay yes i do mean like the movie character for some strange reason um Shrek has come up with the creators of the two witches podcast and like it's like a shrek based synchronicity storm like like shrek stuff starts popping up everywhere what do you mean um like you just you start seeing references to shrek you see suddenly like there's an article about it or um i think one of them like for example was was uh, at a thrift store and there was like i think it was like the first it looked like the case for the first uh movie uh-huh and i was like oh well that's cheap you know i'll pick it up gets home opens it it turns out it's the soundtrack to the third movie in the case for the dvd of the first movie and it's like what the heck but but it's 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 spreading just beyond them like i had one day this past month like and they joke it's it's hashtag shrek curse um i i had one day this past month where i i saw five like separate references like they just popped up in the weirdest places. Like there's literally like an Instagram filler, a filter, not filler. Well, it feels like filler of um of of like bathing with Shrek. Like you're you're in the water with Shrek, and it's just I'm like, what? This is so weird. And it's literally like I will screen cap stuff and be like, just WTF, you two? Like what what is going on here? So you're you're basically telling me that I should not over the course of the next week, buy a whole bunch of, like, Shrek stuff and then just hide it around your house when I'm visiting next Saturday? No, please don't. Okay, all right. All please right. don't. Okay, I, I will. Because um, right. I have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it again, it, if you've got... <laughs> I mean, there's there's worse things to be, like, haunted true, by than, than Shrek, true. I guess, you know? Shrek seems I, I'm not, not going to disagree pleasant. with that, but it, it's, it's just weird. It's just weird how this stuff will, like, pop up in a swarm from like a bunch of completely unrelated sources um and yeah it's just i don't know go listen to the two witches podcast they they talk about it for a few episodes and it's 
yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's chaos. It's all chaos right now. Oh, man. Anyway, anyway, let's get on to the main show because I feel like there's going to be a lot to talk about with this. Um, the story goes that on March 16th, 1957, a Venusian named Valiant Thor landed on Earth and was taken to Washington, D.C. He met the president, vice president, a host of higher-ups. He, heck, he scored himself a three-year lease on an apartment at the Pentagon. I didn't know they had apartments at the Pentagon. While trying to sell Eisenhower on his mm, fairly Christian message of peace and galactic brotherhood. Well, sadly, Eisenhower was more worried about the American economy and rebuffed Val's offer. But this wasn't the last we would hear of Val Thor. Uh, in fact, we only know about Val because of a man named Frank Strangis, a reverend-doctor-maybe-FBI guy, maybe con man. I just put a bunch of hyphens in all those words. We're really not sure. And when we set out to start researching this topic, Seb found possibly the strangest thing of all. It, what appeared to be a reference to Valiant Thor from 1939, nearly a full 20 years before Strangest claims Thor first came to Earth. What unfolded was our most researched episode to date. So settle in, grab a drink, and get ready for one weird trip. And man, I've definitely got to thank you because I had never heard of Valiant Thor before you mentioned him to me and we were bouncing around ideas for show topics. And yeah. I got really intrigued and I went down the rabbit hole and I just kept going and going and going. And I think the results, I think you're right. I think this is probably going to be our most researched episode to date of the pod, you know? Well, and the craziest thing is that I think the, the vast bulk of our research uh, probably happened in the last week in April after we had recorded our ghost episode and before the beginning of the month it, it just felt like there was just this flurry mm -hmm. of finding stuff and and literally contacting people and i i downloaded pdfs of both um stranger at the pentagon and another book that we're going to talk about called outwitting tomorrow mm -hmm. and literally read them both kind of well more skimmed them both in the course of three days by the way i loved it how in your show notes you the the kind of the editor within you kind of kicked in in terms of like going through the books yes. and like finding the grammatical errors and whatnot and i just love that i don't know that was just a perfect thing for me i was so good i i will say this in in our in our show notes i i did kind of like keep like a running tally of like reactions as i read each of these books and and a lot of them is oh my god these authors desperately need editors because there are some horrible typos and just some poorly written stuff throughout <laughs> but but seb why don't you why don't you explain kind of how this first bit of weirdness you know this this 1939 reference to valthor kind of popped up on your radar tell us about that yeah so i mean just just to give some kind of background and context um the the, the gentleman valiant that we're going to be talking about tonight allegedly an extraterrestrial from the planet Venus. He, he kind of fits into a tradition that many of our listeners might be familiar with from like, I guess the, the golden age in the 50s and 60s. There was a whole thing of contactees, space brothers, kind of like a whole strain within the larger family of UFO studies of people who, they weren't out trying to track down UFO sightings, but they were like indirect verbal or spiritual or physical contact with extraterrestrials they claimed at least from planets within our solar system very oftentimes they have bodies that look just like human bodies and sometimes they're blonde-eyed and or 
blonde haired and blue eyed, not blonde eyed. Yeah, that'd be um, weird. That would be weird. But they are aliens. Yeah, um, fair. So Valiant Thor kind of is fits into that larger tradition, and Doctor Frank Strange's, who was basically the conduit by which Thor published lots of books throughout the second half of the 20th century um you know the 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 knee-jerk reaction is okay Stranges just thought up valiant thor out of pure air and there never was or never is a venusian by that name i mean for one thing my reaction was okay his name is valiant thor i mean what are the odds that an extraterrestrial is going to have a name that you know has an english word in it and a norse god (laughs) you know and 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 is spouting a bunch of christian theology no less Right. That's that's another thing. Exactly. Um, so my first reaction was, oh, this is so goofy. And then I started to look a little deeper and I started kind of peeling back the layers and I got a little freaked out. I'll be honest with you. Um, it all goes back to a website called worldcat.org, mm-hmm. which is a website that thousands of libraries all around the world kind of pool all of their electronic databases relating to their book holdings. And I did some searching to learn about different books relating to Valiant Thor. And according to WorldCat, there is a book that Valiant Thor is listed as the author of, and it's a book called Outwitting Tomorrow, and it was published in the year 1939, and copies are held by such institutions as the British Library and the University of California. And that's when I started freaking out a little bit because 1939, if you look at the timeline, Frank Strangest would have been 12 years old in 1939. So there's pretty much no way that a 12-year-old in 1939 is probably going to publish a book, right? (laughs) I mean, that's pretty fair to say. And then the other thing I realized was the name Valiant Thor is so goofy that what are the odds that there's going to be two um, literary creations with that name? So then I started thinking, it's like, you know, is there something... Is there something to this? Is there really an entity or being called Valiant Thor who's publishing all sorts of literature? And it just, I just couldn't get it out of my mind. And being that I, you know, am a library school grad and that's sort of my profession, what started out as an extraterrestrial um, mystery topic became more of a bibliographic mystery topic. And that's where I kind of felt that, you know, some of the skills that I have kind of kick in and I can sort of kind of go into the the whole put on my Sherlock Holmes hat and try to figure out, okay, you know, what's going on here, you know? Um, and it opened up a whole world where we learned about a whole different cast of, of, of wacky characters, um, uh, self-help gurus publishing all sorts of weird manuscripts and whatnot. Um, and it, it, it kind of goes back to, um, there's a gentleman who uh, published a book called Outwitting Tomorrow in the 1930s. Um, and his name was Harry J. Gardner. Um, he was born in Oregon in 1890 um, under the name Harry Lawrence Junke. I'm probably mispronouncing that. J-U-H-N-K-E. Uh, died in 1969 in Los Angeles. Uh, one really neat thing, he lived in Santa Cruz in like the teens and 1920s, um, which is kind of fun because I always love it when there's a, a, a Northern California connection to any of the stories we deal with. Um But anyway, this gentleman, by about 1930, he's living in Los Angeles and publishing a range of books under the name Harry J. Gardner. He's running something called the Golden Dawn Press, and he's publishing for the next 30-plus years all sorts Mm of random books about, um, you know, how uh, how to supercharge your life, the magic of flying saucers. Some of his titles include 
dynamic numbers, don't be yourself, Man mastering mental magic. Um, one of the ones I really loved is called Radio Magnetism. That was 1938. And, and um, basically in 1939, he publishes a okay. book called Outwitting Tomorrow, which is a book that you skimmed and read. I so, did. Um, what was your takeaway from this book? I, was it a self-help book? Was it mysticism? What are we talking about here? It, you know, unfortunately, the 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 edition of Outwitting Tomorrow I read was not an original Harry Gardner Frater Eight um, edition. Okay. Um, this was like this was one that was you know the alleged Val Thor as the author um but i was able to um and partly in in big thanks to an ebay user named jay crit who actually had an early copy for sale from uh 1956 um so i was reading this pdf version which is a much much newer version um and comparing it to these ebay photos i even contacted them and said hey look i'm doing this research um uh can you confirm for me how many pages there are in this book um because at one point in reading it there comes a point where i'm like okay this this really sounds like a completely different writer writing this um and you know he very quick response tells me how many pages it is even sends some additional pictures of different pages so i could i could very easily confirm that between the 1956 version of Outwitting Tomorrow and the version that um, that I read, which I'm trying to remember exactly what year it was published, I want to say that it was a much later edition, um, like in the 90s or almost 2000. Okay, um, that there were some massive changes, like entire like names of characters had been changed. There definitely was some stuff that was added in uh to to change uh, the message of the book the the book itself is basically kind of like um it is kind of self-help it it definitely is it kind of pulls on some of that like pyramid of giza mythology um and it's it's this kind of this classic trope of just what a miserable state humanity is in and and here's this promise of a golden age for if you if you follow this way of doing things um and so it's it's a bit of vague mysticism um and just kind of these subtle hints of like oh here are these things you can do and you get immediate results because you know people love that People love being told that, you know, their life is in shambles. But if you follow this. For the low price of 1995. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, so so as I'm going through this, I'm 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 reading this with a very critical eye. Um, I, I think even the original uh, 1939 Outwitting Tomorrow is very much a, you know, a kind of a not really a self-help book, um, but sort of this like, oh, all life is misery, but if you follow these things, we'll lead to a new golden age, a new utopia. Um, and and like, okay, let me let me let me read for you. I got this little quote from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and it says, the contents of outwitting tomorrow have been garnered from the four corners of the globe. The author regrets that 
Due to the length of list and lack of space, he can't give due credit to each one of those individuals who contributed in some small way to this work. He must satisfy himself with the assurance of his deep appreciation to each person who had even a small part in the production of this book, and with the dedication of the book to the individual, whoever and wherever he or she may be. Of course, this is all just another way of saying, hey, you know what, I made this all up, but I don't want you to realize that, so I'm going to attribute it all to a bunch of multiple unnamed sources. <laughs> hey, um, it's, 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 it's almost, um, I don't know what the right word is. I find, I find stuff like that very endearing on a certain level, if it's kind of innocent, you know? Um, I can I mean, see that. I mean, there's something tempting to think that a pyramid or a crystal is going to magically make my life better. Um, and and it, it's interesting because you, you mentioned earlier the name Frater 8, um, yes. which is interesting because that is apparently one of the pen names that Gardner used frequently when he wrote, wrote his um, bizarre literature. Um, Correct. And being part of the Golden Dawn Press, I believe we probably have some OTO connections. Right, exactly. Going on here. So now we're, we're kind of kind of venturing in that almost uh uh crowleyan-esque uh direction there's 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 just hints of kind of being on like the 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 fringe of the greater hellier mystery uh with some of this oto connection and golden dawn one of the things that i kept popping up when i was doing my initial research for tonight's episode there's a whole range of websites and books that will say bibliographical resources that will say uh henry gardner wrote all these books, and one of his pen names was Frater 8, and one of his other pen names was Valiant Thor. So oh, my, okay. my first reaction when I found all of these references was, okay, Gardner comes up with the name Valiant Thor in the 30s, and then somehow uh, Strange just picks that name up in the late 50s, early 60s when he starts writing his books. That was my like working hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair hypothesis. And I managed to track the earliest printed reference I could find that ties the name Valiant Thor to Gardner was a book that was published in 1986 by George M. Eberhardt. Now, Eberhardt's interesting. He was the senior editor of um, American Libraries, which was the magazine of the American Library Association. Okay. And he was also the author of my favorite textbook in library school, because it was this textbook that was just this, it, it, it wasn't a technical work. It was more like this random book that, like, there's one chapter on all of the libraries in in, North, in the United States, all of the public libraries in, in the United States that have uh, a cat that lives in the library and the names nice. of the cats. There's another, there's another chapter on all of the libraries in the United States that are allegedly haunted. And nice. what are the ghosts that haunt those libraries? Do you still have this book? That's the important question. Of course, it's my Good. favorite library. Oh my gosh, it's it's amazing. Excellent. Excellent. It's, an, it's an amazing book. And anyway, this gentleman, Eberhardt, he ends up writing a two-volume bibliography in 1986 called UFOs and Their Extraterrestrial Contact Movement. So basically, ah, okay. any like anytime like somebody wrote a book or whatever and they claimed that it was authored or co-authored by an extraterrestrial, he t- basically tracked down all these references and published it in this book so you can look it up and be like, okay, you know, here's Valiant Thor, um, here's all the books Valiant Thor wrote, and here's all the names of the people who were quote-unquote the co-authors slash inventors of whatever, you know? Right, okay. So I'm thinking, okay, Eberhardt saying Gardner was Valiant Thor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, back in 1939. But the thing is, I couldn't find anything. 
I couldn't find, like, a copy of Outwitting Tomorrow, like, on eBay or anything from, like, the 30s or 40s that had the mm-hmm. name Valiant Thor on it. Like, right. the, like, I could find copies from, like, the 70s and later, you know. So I, it was driving me crazy. So I eventually just emailed the librarian at the um, University of California, Santa Barbara. Right. And I was like, hey, listen, according to WorldCat, you guys have a 1939 copy of Outwitting Tomorrow with the name Valiant Thor on it. Like, is there any way I could, like, buy, like photocopies of the title page or anything like that um and mo- most graciously he e- i mean they were close you know close for the pandemics people can't come in to do research but the do- the guy who was just a-, a real prince he emailed me some like some photos he took with his smartphone you know yeah like big shout outs and props to him for doing that totally and i think what he emailed me solved the mystery in my opinion okay because it turns out that the copy that they have in their library, the copy that WorldCat says was published in 1939, is actually a 1978 edition mm-hmm. that says on the on the on the title page or whatever, it gives it as you know first printing 1939, you know this edition 1978. So right, and there's a section or I guess a, a preface to this edition that I think kind of cracks the, the mystery here. And um, if you don't mind, I'm going to read a little bit of it. Um, Yeah, go for it. Go for it. It says, about this book and the author, Valiant Thor's manuscript of Outwitting Tomorrow was given to the late late H.J. Gardner in 1932. It was published under the pen name of Frater 8 in 1939, uh, then reprinted in 1941, 48, 56, and 60 for a total of 5,000 copies. Evidently, the story was ahead of the times. Its profound message uncomprehended. Subsequently, the original printing house is no more. The plates have been lost or destroyed. And, the present, and to the present publisher's knowledge, only one copy is known to exist, from which this printed, from which this, this printing has been made. Valiant Thor is becoming well-known to ever-increasing segments of the world's public. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about um, the progress of the human race, as of intergalactic CERN, um, political and social upheaval, um, <laughs> the fourth seven-year period has just been entered, yada yada... Um, since 1977, three million Koreans have come to know the name and purpose of Valiant Thor, along with world leaders. Um, the message in Outwitting Tomorrow can further help dissolve religious differences. Read well now this gift from the Supreme Commander of the Council of Twelve and Starship Commander Valiant Thor, an immortal. So it seems to me, and tell me, tell me if you oh, if boy. you think if you agree with my thesis or not, my theory. So we have Gardner. He writes at Winning Tomorrow in 1939. Okay. Publishes under it under the name Frater 8. And then some he he eventually dies in 1969. Mm-hmm. And then sometime between 1969 and 1978 when this copy comes out, Frank Strange's because the 78 edition is actually it's published by Frank Strangis's publishing house. In fact, even to this day, if you go to, there's a website maintained by Strangis's daughter, and you can still buy Outwitting Tomorrow on her website. Oh, can you? Interesting. Oh, yeah. Is there a link to that in the show notes? I can, I can, I can add it, yeah. Yeah, let's definitely add it just in case folks want to check that out. Um, so my theory is that somehow Strangis maybe acquires Gardner's writings. I don't know if it's public domain. I don't know if he like buys out the publishing company that that Gardner had. Yeah, and he he tweaks the content. He edits, you know, mm-hmm. tr- 
changes it up a little bit, keeps the title, and then slaps Valiant Thor's name on it. And then by yep. 1986 or whatever, when Everhart is making this book, he has this. He has a copy of Outwitting Tomorrow, and he sees Valiant Thor's name on it and the Carrie Gardner name on it, and he assumes, okay, Gardner Gardner's pen name was Valiant Thor. That's so. I think that's what's happening here. I mean, I'm not sure because I can't find anything before um, Stranger at the Pentagon that the name Valiant Thor appears anywhere. Really, I I, I agree with that completely and and i and i think your theory holds water um and yeah i'm not sure whether it went public domain or whether uh strangers bought the rights to the book and then tweaked the hell out of it um because i know i know i've got a link for um uh i know i've got a link for a 1952 uh pdf copy of outwitting tomorrow i'll check that in the show notes um, and I know that, that the copy of Stranger at the Pentagon and the copy of um, Outwitting Tomorrow that I read, I got them both just over at archive.org. And so whatever editions they have, those are the ones that I read. And they're, they're both much newer editions, which have had some significant editing um, that we've, we've you know, been able to document. Because, yeah, the, the, the newer version of Outwitting Tomorrow, there, there comes a point, kind of around about like page 88 or 89, where like we start veering off into like dictatorships and et info and then all of a sudden and this is this is really kind of weird there's there's like this section where there's this vision of like washington dc in flames and i'm like oh okay that's that's a little strange no that's a lot strange and then there's a whole appendix that that just kind of comes across like this flat earth kind of god nonsense and, and it's just riddled with errors and spacing issues and um, it is definitely not there in like the 1956 version. Uh, it's all added on stuff, and it seems like it was done without having anybody look at it to proof it. Well, you know, it's 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 interesting because for those folks who um, believe that that Valiant Thor is a real extraterrestrial and that Strangest um, was was what had met him and 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 interacted with him, um, I mean, I think this book is interesting because here's a book where Strangest is saying. Yeah, Valiant Thor was back in the 30s, you know, giving manuscripts to another person, you know, so it kind of um, there's a it it shows that Valiant is interacting with humans before he shows up in the late 50s and in like Northern Virginia or whatever, you know. Um, So I thought I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, Mm. Um, it's it's one of the very few I was only able to find one um, little audio clip of strangers talking about him meeting people. Valiant Thor um, online, and uh, uh, maybe we could. Um, it's a, a pretty short clip. Maybe we, is there if we can play for the for the folks at home? Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a listen to what he has to say. He told me his name was Valiant Thor. He grabbed my hand. His hand was skin soft as a lady's or a baby's skin, but it was a grip of a man. And we spent thirty minutes, mostly me asking questions and he giving answers. And he claimed that he was from the inside of the planet that our Bible calls the morning and the evening star, the planet Venus. He said, yes. All all of this time, Mr. Thor was at the Pentagon for three years, mind you. And he was going and coming at will. He was brought to the President of the United States, Dwight Eisenhower and Richard Nixon, offered to give them information on how the American people could successfully live without sickness, without poverty, without disease, and without death. 
they told him, we're sorry that we cannot accept the information that you're freely giving us because it will ruin the economy of this nation. Well, sir, a Commander Thor left on the morning of March 16, 1960, on the outskirts of Alexandria, Virginia, where his spaceship came down. He went into the spaceship and disappeared from sight. Yeah, there you go. Apparently he has a firm grip and skin soft as a baby's bottom, apparently. I love the random, like, like pipe organ music in that yes. clip. I'm not sure that what is... that's what that's from. Um, I, I, the only thing I can think of is maybe that's fo- that's a clip from a film that you were interested in called, like, Phenomenon 7.7? Yeah, Phenomena 7.7. It's not 7.7, it's 7-7. Um, and it's funny because I did a little bit more research on that just in the past couple of days. Um, this was a, I believe, 1964. Five uh, film that uh, Strangest did uh, with a man named August C. Roberts. Um, and Roberts is of note because he took the uh, alleged photographs, I guess, no, they're actual photographs of allegedly valiant thor um that you see in uh stranger at the pentagon um now i actually managed to find um not only a turner classic movies entry for phenomena 7 7 which sadly did not have a much info at all but it it says it seems to focus actually on the lonnie zamora case um which i thought kind of interesting because lonnie zamora doesn't really come up anywhere um in the rest of this stuff but there's actually a um, an old Google Groups uh, thread that discusses the rarity of this movie, um, like like maybe the original 35 millimeter still exists and it is in private hands, and that's all that exists. I think I saw some of the same uh, uh, information that you're talking about. Yeah, definitely. Um, but in there also is some of the some some calling out of the uh, uh, falsehoods. Of some of Strangest's claims, like you know, we'll talk about this more in a little bit. But he's, you know, he's claimed he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally in with the FBI. I, you know, I'm, I, I, you could trust me with this kind of stuff. And if he's like, um, no, um, Mr. Strangest, Doctor Strangest, uh, please stop saying that you're one of us because you're not, um, and stuff like that. So it's there, there is enough of kind of some suspicious doubt about. Um, some of the things that Strangest has claimed about himself mm. that that just kind of naturally makes you go, okay, well, if, if you're willing to kind of bend the truth and lie about some things here, like what what else might you be lying about? And I've, I've got my own opinions and we'll, we'll get to those maybe at the end of like kind of how I feel about uh, Strangest's credibility and, and the potential reality of Valiant Thor. But um, yeah, sadly, I really wanted to see Phenomena 7-7 and see how maybe it ties in with the rest of this stuff. But it sounds like very few people uh, in the world at this point uh, can claim they have seen it. And I think even fewer can say they have a copy of it. Yeah, I I, I think you're exactly right. Uh, The only thing I found a couple old newspaper articles. Apparently it did have a few public showings back in the day when it first was oh, made. Okay. And it had relatively poor reviews. Um, but um, <laughs> pretty much the only thing I was able to find were some other avid researchers who um, via the website I mentioned earlier managed to contact Strange's daughter. Strange's 
passed away in uh, 2008. Um, right. And apparently the daughter has a, yeah, a film print of it, you know, but it, I guess it has never been, you know, transferred to DVD or sold or put on YouTube or anything like that. But yeah, apparently it's it's really impressive because um, supposedly it includes, you know, a a filmed interview with, with Lonnie Zamora and his... His sighting in Socorro, New Mexico was an incredibly famous UFO sighting investigated by Project Blue Book. Um, And I guess, presumably, it's some of the earliest, if not the er the earliest filmed interview of him talking about his encounter, you know. So if nothing else, it's for that alone, I think it has interest to UFO research. Sure. Um, Oh, definitely. Because I think think Socorro was 1964. So if this came out in 65. Right. Like fresh off the. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, probably the best thing I was able to find, I mean, there's a lot of information online about Stranges and his life and his career. I think the best thing I was able to find was an article, or actually it's a chapter in a, a, a academic book published in 2015. The author was uh, David Anthony Schmidt, and it's an article, mm-hmm. it's a chapter, it's called The Strange Case of Frank Stranges, Space Saucers and a Fundamentalist Apocalypse in Mid-20th Century. Wow. Um, and folks, if you're interested in learning more, folks, I highly recommend it. He he goes on to talk about how, you know, in the in the 50s, you know, there's the whole Cold War thing. There's a lot of um, charismatic evangelical Christian preachers and things. And, you know, when the whole UFO uh, era sort of began back then, you know, there were a lot of um, uh, uh, preachers who were pointing at UFOs saying, you know, these are, you know, demonic entities, you know, it's the sign of it's the work of the devil and strange is kind of you know he was he was also a preacher but he kind of had a different take he thought that the ufos you know represented creatures from other planets that also might have um some of the same christian religious beliefs that he held and many americans held which is kind of interesting you know right um and you know i mean the whole story of you know valiant thor you know comes down from venus and ends up meeting with president eisenhower and and correct me if i'm wrong but he basically offers eisenhower um technology that would um solve a lot of the problems that humans were facing right right i mean okay. yes okay um yeah it does and and ultimately eisenhower is like look i if we do this we're really gonna just kind of mess up our economy so uh thanks but no thanks i mean it, it's interesting because it, it definitely and of course all of these stories came out came to light in strangest's book stranger at the pentagon which came out in like the early 60s i believe um uh yes yeah um i mean it definitely there's I mean, there there is, I kind of think, embedded in that story a lot of interesting parallels to other tales. I mean, for one thing, it seems like Eisenhower is always the president that UFO researchers and conspiracy theorists, people are always saying that mm-hmm. Eisenhower met with aliens. You know, whether or not right. it was at the Pentagon or whether or not it was at, you know, a military base in the far west, whether or not it was Valiant Thor. Right, Vandenberg Right, or whether it was like not that. was Valiant Thor or it was a gray, you know, there was always that kind of like... Mm-hmm nexus there you know um which is, i yeah. think is interesting um yeah, well there, and there's a few i mean there's a few interesting things where when you start getting into stranger at the pentagon uh, it's like i find it weird that the the guy who wrote the foreword for the book calls him vi thor v-a-i oh is that like a nickname um well yeah but i, I i'm thinking oh they meant to type val oh um and it's just consistently and then and then 
in the introduction that Strangest writes, he says Vi as well. And I'm like, okay, why are we using the Portuguese word for go? Go Thor, go Thor. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's, it's interesting because like, you know, I'm, I'm like noting the date that Val Thor comes to earth, March 16, 316. Right. Okay. And if he's here kind of preaching, you know, even this, this Venusian Christianity, um, what famous verse is, 316 oh uh matthew 316 john 316 actually john 316 yeah yes thank you right for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life and i just find it really weird that and i don't know if it's intentional I don't know if it's just total coincidence. Um, and I suppose technically I have to say, I don't know if it actually happened um, that March 16, we get 316. So we get, again, we get this kind of like biblical reinforcement of things here. Huh? Um, yeah, it, it, it really is weird. Um, and I, and I have to wonder, it's like, okay, let's, let's just say for a moment that, um, that Valiant Thor really is a Venusian, really came to earth, really met with strangers let's just say all that so a lot of the stuff that he allegedly proclaims in this book is filled with biblical references and all sorts of stuff and could it have been done just to kind of jive with how strangest thinks mm. mm-hmm. okay. you know is it is it kind of taking it a step further um and and i think we see this in some other contactee stories where there is this relatability and could that just be the phenomena um going okay i need to be shaped like this and think like this to have this person that i'm contacting relate to me you know what i mean so so maybe and you know no disrespect meant but maybe in the grander sense there isn't this kind of like intergalactic christianity it's just like val is like trying to get this message across and it's like okay this person is oriented this way in their thinking i need to align how i present this information with that so it clicks with them mm-hmm. i mean you know what i mean yeah yeah I, one of the things i mean there's a couple of things that jump out for me um, with the whole Val Thor story, the one, the first thing is, and and there's many other writers who have picked up on this, so I don't claim this as a unique uh, interpretation. Um, the whole plot line of the Valiant Thor story or Stranger at the Pentagon is remarkably similar to the classic 1950s sci-fi movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still. That's the first. So that's one thing that yes. you know got a that Very jumps true. out to me. Um, the other thing that was kind of interesting, the whole idea of, you know, an extraterrestrial offering us technology and then, you know, the government saying sorry, but that would mess up capitalism and big business and all that kind of stuff. Right. That, for me, yep. that, that has a really strong resonance with, um, there was a guy named Phil Corso, and he wrote oh, yeah. a book yep. called um, The Day After Roswell, I think. And his thesis was mm-hmm. that, you know, there really was a UFO crash at Roswell, and a lot of the technology that was back-engineered was used to create a lot of, um, of the you know the, the the household devices, consumer electronic devices that we enjoy today, and consequently a lot of powerful right. people in business and government were able to kind of enrich themselves. So that was interesting to me because in both stories there seems to be the, the nefarious big government big big business big government nexus that's either not wanting the alien technology because it's going to mess up their bottom line or of course was telling wants that technology because it makes them richer you know um right yeah and there's there's lots of stories and i there's even been some recently um you know claiming that government has 
taken like bits of alien tech and outsourced it, you know, uh, to companies in private industry, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, under lots of NDAs and stuff being like, here, here's this thing. See what you can develop from it. Right, right. Um, another thing, um, I've always been curious, the whole thing about him being named Valiant Thor, like mm-hmm. is Valiant his first name or is it more like an adjective or descriptive? Like his name is Thorin, but he's Valiant. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a very good question. Like that's and something. Oh, go ahead. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Another thing that occurs to me, assuming that Valiant Thor is a complete fiction and just a creation of Stranges, there's something for me personally that's very endearing because it makes me wonder if Stranges, um, on some level, felt he needed an alter ego to either be brave enough to convey his messages or because he felt that his message would be more receptive if it came from the mouth of quote-unquote Valiant Thor rather than himself. I don't know. There's something almost like a... I don't know, like a Cyrano de Bergiac kind of thing going on there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, yeah, I do. I mean, again, it, it may just come down to um, Strangest is, you know, kind of, I don't know, in missionary mode, so to speak. He's like, he's like, I need to get the word of God out to as many people as possible. Oh, look at all these, look at all these UFO crackpots. Look at all these, these people who are claiming contact. I know what I'll, I'll come up with a character who is from outer space and he's met with uh, uh the president and and i've got to meet him and you know what he says christianity everywhere and because one thing that was kind of going on in the 50s with uh, uh certain contactees is that they were kind of saying oh you know these alien space brothers are, are telling us that, that we have to, you know, uh, love everyone and, and kind of reject this almost capitalistic, uh, view of things. There, there were, there were contactees who were under FBI surveillance because of suspected communist ties. Mm, uh-huh. Um, strangely enough, Frank Strangest claims to have met Fidel Castro at one point. I'm not even going to go into that claim, whether that's real or not. Huh. Um, yeah. Um, again, read, read Stranger at the Pentagon. It's, it's a trip. Um, but so, so maybe again, here's this like, oh, I, I need to get this, this kind of similar but counter message out, right? And, and maybe I can convert some of these, these contactees into, you know, god-fearing people or whatever i'm not catholic so i couldn't tell you well yeah i mean it it, it kind of reminds me almost even of like um like spiritualists like in the 20s it's like mm-hmm. somebody who you know they they're they claim to be in communication with the spirit who's not physically there but they can like do the whole spirit writing communication thing you right, know? right 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 yeah. yeah yeah so one thing i really want to focus on is um in uh april of 1957 yeah at the home of Howard Menger in New Jersey, um, Valiant Thor apparently goes to a backyard UFO convention. What? Because, yes, yes. And this is where August C. Roberts takes these alleged photos. Again, there are photos, they are allegedly, of Valiant Thor. These mm. are the ones that you see in the book. These are the only pictures out there that go, this is Val Thor. And he's wearing a suit. He's not like in a space suit or anything like that. Right. He's got like a suit and tie, you know? Right, because, well, they explain, you know, his, his space suit was taken for testing. Oh, okay. And there are these very kind of crazy facts 
about like how much uh how much stress it can take but how resilient it is it's it's almost so detailed that you're like okay this can't be real Uh. but again what do i know um so these pictures right what i really 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 wish i could do is feed these pictures into some sort of face recognition software Okay, now I realize it is now a almost 65-year-old photo. Okay, so the chances of getting a hit of being like, oh, oh yeah, this is, this is you know, Fred Schneider of Hoboken, New Jersey, uh-huh. um, who maybe talks like they're Fred Schneider from the B-52s. I don't know, um, but it'd be cool if he did. Um, <laughs> to, to, we, have, we have this picture of an alleged Venusian who honestly looks really, really human, right? And so it's 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 the old A-B test. One of two things is true. Either I'm genuinely looking at a picture of a Venusian, right? Here is, you know, a space brother from another mother planet. Um, and it's amazing. It's, holy crap, I'm looking at a picture of an alien. It's, it's, it's so, there's nothing about the image. If you saw the image and you know nothing about Valiant Thor, right? There, you you would you could you could easily say, oh, that's probably a photo from a trade publication or a news press photo of a of a, of a press conference. But like, there's no there's no tentacles or anything like that. But the, the the thing that drives me crazy is it's like, okay, let's assume Valiant Thor isn't real, and this is just a photo of some random dude, right? Like mm-hmm. that random dude. I wonder if he ever learned that for decades and decades and decades, all of these people are pointing at photos of him. And saying that's an alien because <laughs> it's like, right. what a way to be famous, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And this this is the other side of that coin. Or this literally is just a picture of a dude, right? And we're like, uh, let's just say this was him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? I I would love I would love some way to research and go, okay, who is this really? Yeah, right. Who else? Hell. Who else was at this meeting that allegedly happened in April of 57 at this guy's house in New Jersey, right? Can those people be found? Probably not. They're probably have all passed away at this point. Um, but can we find some connection to say, oh, yeah, it was this person and this person and this person. Maybe Val Thor's name never comes up, right? Maybe this is all stuff that was added on. Maybe this is just, you know, part of the production. We don't know. Um, but apparently his whole crew was there. It wasn't just Val. Dawn with two N's, Jill, which is, you know, a thoroughly Venusian name, and Tanya, which is spelled a little strangely, but I'll run with it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that just makes me fall in love with strangers. Um, in 1959, he came out with a book called Flying Saucerama. Yes, which is just a fantastic name. I love it so much. That that title, I mean, I don't have to know anything about Strangers. I'm already on Team Strangers with a title like that. I mean, that you could slap that title on a book, a TV show, a roadside attraction, and yes. I'm going to be like all over it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Flying oh, Saucerama is so just a fantastic title, and I don't, I don't know that any book has quite matched that level ever since. Um, but yeah, I, you know, again, I get, I get hung up on this picture. But then Stranger at the Pentagon takes a much stranger turn because you figure the story would be over after Val leaves, right? Right. Eisenhower doesn't want in, so Val's like, all right, I guess I'm going to go back to Venus. See you guys. Um, and then, you know, central control, 
basically, which gives me complete echoes of Corton, um, which we'll talk about in some other episode, I'm sure, um, says, you know what? No, actually, we got a plan for you. Why don't you pop back to Earth um, and, you know, <laughs> just just help people. <laughs> um, and oh so goodness. he literally keeps popping up through Strangest's life, like literally popping into the backseat of Frank's car while he's driving through Southern California. What? Um, he literally, um, like, goes on a road trip with Frank. Uh, he's like, he's like, uh, yo, Frank, it's your boy Val. Uh, tell you what, meet me at the San Diego airport. We're going to Mexico, baby. <laughs> and Frank clearly is like, sure, man, whatever. I'm not doing anything this weekend. So they, they book it down to Mexico. They then get on a boat that then takes them to his UFO, where they proceed to watch the assassination of Bobby Kennedy. Whoa! Like, what oh my gosh. the flip? Um, it, in 1974, allegedly, I'm just going to keep using this word throughout this, this episode, um, Frank apparently gets, like, chased by the MIB in Vegas. Whoa! Yes. Like, this whole event is wild. I, I, I would seriously go recommend everybody just go to archive.org, find the copy of Stranger of the Pentagon, um, get down to, like, page 78, 80. We get a little diagram of Al's ship, but then we get Vegas, where it's like a UFO flick meets a mob movie. Because, because like, Val shows up and kind of, like, helps Strangest like defeat the mib in this situation and it it's it almost like it implies that yeah i took the mib out to the desert and i killed them kind of thing it's bizarre it is bizarre uh we we get what feels like a fanfic amount of detail about the entire victor class of spacecraft because because uh val's ship is called victor one that's the name of the spaceship? Yes. Oh, wow. And, and apparently Victor is like a class of spaceship. And we, we just, it, there comes a point in Stranger of the Pentagon where it just feels like Strangest is just like, I've got all these fanfic level ideas about this guy and I'm just going to write them all down. Mm. I'm just going to get it all out of my head. It's just, it's, 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 it's just, it's mental vomit onto the page and, and it's, entertaining in some ways but at other times it's like okay why do we have this much detail about this and like no detail about that mm. um mm. but then there's interesting stuff stuff that you kind of can apply to other uh cases apparently like according according to this uh uh ufos or or their ships right um they follow universal lines of force right let that's how they're able to travel but that's also how they can make right angle turns mm. it's because they follow these universal lines of force um the book has an entire list of where on earth all these victor class ships are there's something like 200 and some of them are underwater submersible objects Going to back to what we were saying at the top of the show with some of these these uh, Navy UFO sightings and stuff. But the epilogue, God help me, the epilogue, okay, is allegedly written by Valiant Thor, okay? Allegedly. Um, and he says that, oh, I'd love to teach you all personally, um, but here's a list of everything I've got to do. So seek out these gifted people like Frank Strangest and follow what they say. Oh, for flip's sake. I, this it, It's stuff like this that makes me go, okay, none of this is real. Val Thor is a product of 
Frank Strangest's imagination and he is using it to try and give himself credibility. What a great letter of recommendation to get, though, from somebody from Venus, you know? I mean, <laughs> sure, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> it's It really is wild. Um, and then it seems like you can slap Val's, Valthor's name on anything. Oh, my gosh. One of the things that, that impresses me the most about Valiant Thor, I mean, there's so many contactee stories from the 50s and 60s or whatever, but, um, I mean, you know, Strange has passed away in 2008, and yet still to this day, new content is being published under the name Valiant Thor, albeit with different quote-unquote co-authors. I mean, if one even just looked on some online bookstores, I mean, you could find books written, quote-unquote, written by Valiant Thor on um, keys to successful public speaking. Oh, that's absolutely what I need Val Thor to teach me about. There's a Val Thor, Valiant Thor JFK assassination reader. Well, Bobby Kennedy, why not John? There is a Valiant Thor Secrets of Human Sexuality book. Ooh, Val Thor After Dark. <laughs> there is um, a, uh, a book on how to write poetry and prose by Valiant Thor. Oh boy. And it's just, it, 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 it amazes me that there's a whole cottage industry of, okay, either Strangest has passed away and everybody else picks up the Valiant Thor mantle, which reminds me of the that old movie, The Princess Bride, and there's that character, the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yes. And it's like, there really isn't a Dread Pirate Roberts, or well, there was at one point, but he retired and other people just assume that identity and keep it going. So kind of how like James Bond is different actors. Sort of, yeah. Doctor Who regenerates. Exactly. Yeah. Although on, on the flip side of the coin, if you if you believe Valiant Thor is real and, and from the planet Venus, I mean, what a great guy. He's really trying to help us out. I mean, first he wants to give us technology that'll solve all of our problems. And then he comes back at us and he helps us try to like, find the perfect partner and be great in bed and write poetry and figure out who killed JFK. I mean, this guy should get like a freaking medal or something. I love this guy. I, you know what? I like your take on this. I, you know what? I want to read a couple of the blurbs Yeah. on Amazon. Pick, pick one of the, one of the five that you've got listed here and I will bring it up in rhythm. Uh, what should we do? Um, well, let's do one with the name, the word Vril in the top. Cause I don't know. I do not know what okay. Vril means. So. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll do the, the key to successful public speak okay so uh click read more and oh my god the cover of this book is atrocious like it's like somebody took a picture of their bed cover and oh, it's i don't know i don't know i don't know go look at it um anyway anyway valiant thor has had extensive experience speaking to millions of listeners around our galaxy and also in the in teaching the art of self-expression to scores now keep in mind folks a score is 20 scores of amateur and professional public speakers he has trained thousands of wait but didn't he just say score anyway thousands of military men legislatures clergymen educators and business leaders to face audiences with confidence in this work, Thor has developed completely original and successful techniques that take all of the dread, in air quotes, out of speech making. This is a complete, concise, and marvelously helpful course in the five basic elements that can make or break you as a speaker. Ideas, organization, emotional state, voice, and manner. This audiobook, oh, it's the audiobook version I'm reading here. This audiobook tells you how to say, quote unquote, the exact right thing instantly no matter what distractions you may face it gives career saving pointers to the very problems sorry on the very problems that haunt even the most experienced speakers 
<laughs> it tells you how to overcome any and all stumbling blocks to control an audience. Ooh, there, now it gets evil, yay. In addition, there are chapters on the correct procedures for running business meetings, committees, after-dinner presentations, and other types of social engagements. In this audiobook, you'll find dozens of tested techniques for making your audience like you, respond emotionally to your message, and give serious consideration to your opinions. So... Oh boy. Um, just, just to define Vril, because it didn't actually come up, uh, in it. Um, the Vril is, and I'm sorry, I'm trying to bring this up really. Uh, some readers have believed, I'm this pulling this from Wikipedia, which is not the, you know, best resource, but I, this just is where we're coming from. Um, so, uh, okay. So it refers to a book called The Coming Race, a novel by Edward Bulwer Lytton, uh, published anonymously in 1871. It's also been published as Vril, The Power of the Coming Race. Some readers have believed the account of a superior subterranean master race and the energy form called Vril, at least in part, uh, some theosophists, notably Blavatsky, okay, and a couple of, oh, Rudolf Steiner, okay, accepted the book as based on the, on occult truth. Um, uh, one 1960 book, The Morning of the Magician, suggested that a secret Vril society existed in Berlin. So now we're kind of getting into like, oh, here's some Nazi occultism and this, 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 this energy. Uh, that that can be harnessed this vril energy um which i'm sure will come up in something else that we cover i'd like to read the blurb for the assassination reader oh yeah um so here we go new saucerian press which is putting out all these quote-unquote val thor books now proudly presents valiant thor's jfk assassination reader one of the last works ever published by the iconic ufologist conspiracy buff and best-selling author gray barker whose writing informed the plot lines of shows like star trek futurama the x-files twin peaks the outer limits and the twilight zone i might question some of those but anyway shuttling between his manhattan publishing office and his secluded cabin deep in the hills of his home state of west virginia there's west virginia again the prolific Barker single-handedly kept public interest focused on UFOs and conspiracies during their leanest years. Leanest financially, Emma. He introduced many themes still discussed and investigated by today's paranormal and conspiracy researchers. The Roswell UFO crash, Men in Black, Ancient Aliens, uh, Nazi UFOs, The Philadelphia Experiment, The Flatwoods Monster, Mothman, MJ-12, oh boy, Secret Underground Bases, Little Green Men, and the Maury Island Incident. Hoy, now... We get to Valiant Thor's JFK Assassination Reader and its sister books, Mysterious Ascension, Serpents of Fire, Saucers of Fire, Saucers of Fear, Bigfoot Shootout, <laughs> Time Traveling Through Swamp Gas, and When Men in Black Attack, The Strange Case of Albert K. Bender, were collated by Barker shortly before his death, using material culled from deteriorating copies of his notoriously speculative newsletters and gossipy syndicated column. For years, the most widely read national column on UFOs, Fortiana, Conspiracy, and quote-unquote weird science. Okay, so have we gotten anything in actually involving Valthor yet? No, we haven't. But there's one more paragraph, and I need a drink of water. Hold on a sec. Not, no, no. Okay. This unique edition was guest curated by the illustrious thinker Valiant Thor. Ah, guest curated, huh? Okay. And features an introduction by Gray Barker, as well as articles by such JFK research notables as Jim Garrison, John Judge, Fletcher Prouty, which is, my God, what a name, Mae Russell. 
Not Mae West, that's different. Timothy Leary, Alex Constantine, Martin Cannon, Paul Rydine, Paul Kangas, and William Torpin. They shed urgent, much-needed light on the high-strangeness aspects of JFK's murder. Wow. Gee whiz. <sighs> yeah. All, all I can say is, uh, <laughs> at least they use the Oxford comma. I wonder if the audiobook is read by Balthor as well, or... Yeah. I, I That's a very good question. That's a very good question. I'm not sure I'm willing to give these people any money to figure that out or not. Uh. <laughs> Val, if you are real and if you can hear us out there, I hope you like our show tonight. Definitely. Um, I mean, I always kind of want to write my own book that, and just that would be Val's fun. name on it and see what happens. You know? That would be fun. Uh, what, yeah. what would your topic be? Oh, probably something like uh, you know how to clear how to cure like like boils on your foot or you, you know something uh, you know some sort of home remedy. Valthor's home remedy. Val- Valiant stores how to fix your home plumbing for the beginner using real energy. Valthor, how to play the harmonica for fun or profit. Um, there you go. Valthor's uh, good time jug band music. Uh, I don't know. It's just. But- that's what else could we slap Valthor's name on? You know, Valthor's bullet blender. I don't know. What 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 can't he do? He could do anything almost really, you know? That's true. That's true. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Um and it's fantastic. I just for fun I'll probably stick the links to each of these books in the in the show notes and you can go you can go read the, the synopses for yourself. Uh mm. maybe it's probably better we left the human sexuality one off the off the table here um but i would love to hear some venusian poetry sometimes it's got to be better than vogon oh at least um so anything else with with respect to val that we want to kind of hit on before we we kind of move into our next segment um you know just i think that it's very um there's a lot of you know theories within the realms of ufos that are kind of dark and scary Mm -hmm. you know abductions cattle mutilations one of the things that always makes me smile is valiant thor and the rest of the contactees because it's a very you know they don't look physically scary they look like us you know they they don't want to eat us they want to help us out and it's a very positive thing so there's something for me that i i respond positively to that yeah i don't know no i get that and i really i think at the end of the day I'm kind of, I, I would love to be wrong, you know, watch me get a visitation tonight or something. But I, I really kind of have a feeling that Valthor is a creation to convey Strangest's own message. Mm, okay. Um, but lastly, we want to thank a few people without whose help this episode would not have had the detail it has. Um, I'd like to thank Aaron Gullius of the Saucer Life podcast, who was kind enough to weigh in on the validity of anything from 1939 with Valthor's name attached to it. Um, love listening to the Saucer Life podcast. Uh, really cool. I, if you haven't checked it out, folks, check it out. Um, we'd like to thank eBay user Jay Crit Guy for confirming the details of a copy of Outwitting Tomorrow he had for sale um, and for sending some extra pictures along. And we'd also like to thank David Gartrell of UC Santa Barbara, who sent Seb some pictures of their copy about waiting tomorrow as part of our research. Um, so given credit where credit is due, uh, we would not have been able to go as detailed into this episode as possible without them. Um, and lastly tonight, folks, we are letting Seb descend into the archives every month. He's going to dig into the old time newspaper archives to unearth a story of high strangeness. Seb, I know you've got a good one this month. Tell us about it. Yeah, this is, um, Sticking with the Valthor theme, this is an article, or actually a letter to the editor, December 3rd, 1968, from the Tucson Daily Citizen New 
newspaper. It's a letter written to the editor by a professor, James E. McDonald, from the University of Arizona. And of all the stuff I read for tonight's episode, this little letter to the editor is the, the, the perfect snapshot of what I think Frank Strange's and Val Thor was all about. Um, so the title of the letter is See Good MD, Medical Doctor, or Lawyer First. To the editor, <clears throat> in the past 20 years of public puzzlement over the UFO problem, there has appeared a wide and wild variety of claims uh, to revelation from the space people. Houstonians were exposed on November 23rd and 24th to an annoying new set of such claims when a Dr. Frank E. Stranges delivered two paid admission talks here. To hear for myself what Stranges had to offer, I paid twice. As one woman near me, uh, November 24th, told her son in disgust at an intermission time, quote, all he's done so far is to sell his books and pamphlets, unquote. One found the uh, one found the price on those latter items high. One found the contents a hodgepodge of Strange's views on UFOs and many other matters. The lectures were delivered in a good pitchman style. Banter, jokes, and audience polling filling in between projections of slides purporting to show UFO photos. I bought $10 worth of his books out of sheer fascination for what I saw unfolding there. But the real nub of all this centers around a spaceman from Venus, Valiant Thor, whose picture we were shown and who is obviously a very close friend of Strange's. Strange's assured his audience on November 23rd that Val was available not only to give advice on sickness and health, but also on financial matters. And how do you think that the troubled are to get in touch with Val? You write to Val in care of Dr. Strange's at the same uh, box number that we heard mentioned a dozen times or more as the place to write for further information about all the rest of Strange's many other enterprises. Very interesting, to say the least. After hearing all this, I felt obliged to tell Strange's face-to-face that if I had not myself interviewed hundreds of witnesses to important UFO cases during the past year and explored the problem in many other ways... His presentation would have just about convinced me that all was hokum. More to my present point, I'd advise fellow Tucsonians to see a good MD or lawyer, not strangest and valiant Thor, about any medical or financial problems they may have. And that that really wow. for me, like I, it 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 showed to me like strangest as almost like a like a traveling salesman type figure, you know. And and not to say that yep. it, I, I don't want to yep. you know crap on the guy or or poo poo his claims, but it definitely, I mean, if anything, it made me have be feel more endeared towards him. I mean, Hollywood has given us so many alien movies, so many UFO movies. I want to see like a compelling movie about. You know, somebody like Frank Stranges, who's like loading up his station wagon with his self-published literature and like going into like half-filled convention halls and trying to like sell his wares. And I don't know, there's just, there's some sort of, you know, it's, it's like, he's like the, uh, you know, he's like the apostle going out trying to like spread the word kind of thing. And that is for me the perfect snapshot of what I think is all going on here. And uh, yeah, so there you go. No, that was that was a great find. Oh, cool. That was absolutely fantastic, and I think mm-hmm. that really kind of sums up mm-hmm. kind of where we're at with the the curious case of Valiant Thor. Oh man! Well, mm-hmm. we made it. It's June, folks. Hopefully, uh, you know, if you've got kids in school, they're wrapping up. If you are teachers, 
bless you. Um, it's been a rough couple of years, and we hope you're doing okay out there. Um, that is it for this month. Thank you for joining us on this adventure into the weirdness that surrounds us every day. If you have an experience you want to share with us, or if you have questions, email us at allnightgeeks at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at allnightgeeks. You can follow me at UFO, and you can follow Seb at Clan McMuffin still the best handle out there my god hey subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts apple stitcher spotify please be sure to rate and review us as well and just as importantly share us with your friends word of mouth goes a long way to spread the love around and we'd appreciate it if you tell at least one friend about the podcast we always want to give big thanks lots of love to the ghoulies for letting us use hot rods from outer space from their album midnight in america as our intro and outro music give them a follow on social media and be sure to hit up thegooliesdenver.bandcamp.com to buy their music. Uh, we have got merchandise. Go grab a shirt or a sticker or a mug even. Uh, that's up at shop.spreadshirt.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Uh, go check that out. Huge thanks, as always, to Kate the Steam Powered Mouse for doing the show's artwork. Um, it may not feel like it sometimes, but we are still in pandemic, so it is important to help out local artists and businesses uh wherever you can please support them first uh buy from them retweet them share them with friends you know if you want to throw a few bones our way we will not tell you no you can do that at patreon.com slash uh, so that is it for us this month we will catch you next month and in the meantime get out and find something good night good night folks guy he's really trying to help us out i mean first he wants to give us technology that'll solve all of our problems and then he comes back at us and he helps us try to like find the perfect partner and be great in bed and write poetry and figure out who killed jfk i mean this guy should get like a freaking medal or something i love this guy